Welcome to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, education, and more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also find us on all social media networks at Real Talk That Talk. And now, let's start the show. First topic, we're going to get it on out the way. Um, I love when you say that. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and get this out the way. So um, one of the things that I find very interesting when I'm kind of perusing and while I'm uploading these videos and I'm putting them on, you know, the Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. And I remember that one day when Rick caught a lot of heat for what he was saying. Uh, but, uh, you know, nobody came in to, to rap about that. And one of the things that that uh, comes up all the time is this one question that I'm going to ask you. And you can really answer this any way you want, meaning you can run down your resume or you can respond to it in any other kind of way that you want to. So here we go. The first question is, who qualifies you to make these comments? Oh, I put this comment. Good Lord, I can't even write. Hold on, let me fix that. <laughs> Good Lord, I can't write this morning or afternoon or night or evening, whatever. All right, there we go. Who qualifies you to make these comments? Quan, you got it first. Caught me off guard with that one. Uh, I mean, from a resume standpoint, I am a music educator. Uh, I have been a music educator around about 10 years now. Uh, I've heard Rick say this before, and I agree with him. A degree doesn't make you a musician or a great teacher. But I feel like I'm a student of the game. And I've been in the trenches, and I'm in the trenches now. Uh, I've built programs, charter, public, whatever. But at the same time, I think what qualifies me to uh, make these comments is, I mean, I'm in the thick of things and, and we're going about it in a positive manner for music education. I think everybody else, and this is the other part, everybody else is, is merely opinions. I'm not a band head, I'm a music educator. I see the bigger picture. I see what, what the common goal for where we are now in the music game as, regard, as regarding to minorities and where we should go. I mean, I've been there. So that's just what qualified me. I'm a very humble person. So I, it's not about the things that I've accomplished, which I've accomplished a great deal of things thus far, bless God. But I mean, everything else is honestly, I'm I'm in the thick of things. Real talk, grinding it out. All right, cool. Next up, Rick, who qualifies you to make these comments, Jesus. Quan, you took the words out of my mouth. I don't owe none of you idiots out there that can't justify your arguments with anything other than I like that band, an opinion or justification on nothing. The fact of the matter is, I'm not worshiping your band, God. Good is good, bad is bad. Concert F at Blue Devils at at any place in the world is Concert F. And if it's out of tune, it's out of tune. And I understand that I don't sit at the same altar as y'all. Oh, this band is the best. I must bow down every time they play whatever they play, even though some of that mess sounds terrible and we are unable to say it. But I worship God this weekend. I don't worship your God. My God is in heaven. Sorry. And so that's what justifies me to say it. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. And that's what's wrong with our community. If you don't go along with the masses, oh, something wrong with you. No. Right is right and wrong. Every band that y'all say sucks does not. 
You know, there are a lot of great bands in HBCU, some better than others, yes. But the fact that the matter is just because you like somebody doesn't mean that that makes them the best. So that's the first thing. I don't, I'm not giving my whole resume to these people. You, y'all, that's what Google is for. Have a nice day. Look me up. Lately. Right. Like, like, come on, man. Like, I don't, we don't owe you an explanation. Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. We got a lot of internet gangsters and, and uh, YouTube university doctorate degrees out there. All these people that, that you talk to them in real life, they couldn't spell an E flat chord or a C major chord. Couldn't spell it to save their life, but they are an expert at marching band. And that's the only thing. Post some win ensemble clips. I'll wait. Post some clips of your win ensemble. Fact of the matter is, Jackson State just posted their win ensemble um, program on Facebook. I guarantee ain't none of y'all clamoring to go look at their win ensemble concert that's tonight. And Jackson State has a legitimate win ensemble. Southern has a legitimate win ensemble. I wish they played grade six music, but, you know, I'm sure they're working towards that. So before you sit up here and give us the justification on how this band is best because they marching band can do something, congratulations. You got your YouTube doctorate. I'm getting my actual doctorate in May. That's my qualifications. Have a nice day. All right. Um, uh, I don't know how you're going to follow that one, man. Uh, Prince, who qualifies you to make these comments? Well, uh, as I stated, I love the podcast, man, because y'all go in. So uh, I'm literally here as a neutral party. I know Rick will probably rip me up for being PC. But, uh, <laughs> uh, man, I, like being real, my resume is very long between uh, March and three years, HBCU style. Uh, D1 college, D2 college, D1A, AA, uh, running some pro, uh, several different uh, programs, been trained by some of the best uh, instructors there, there are out there, uh, been a judge in 15 different states. Uh, I've been doing this now for 20, man, I'm telling my age, like over 28 years. Um, I've taught six different drum corps, been a brass caption head. One, one, two, three, four, five, five Jim Ott brass trophies. Um, I think I know characteristic sounds when I hear them. A lot of people don't even know who Jim Ott is. Not a lot of people like who. <laughs> I'll kind, of, I'll just kind of leave it at that. My my ears are trained well, and um, I I'm literally don't have a dog in the fight. That's why I said I'm just a fan of the art. My only thing I get concerned with is, and I'm just gonna be real about this. And Rick and I've had this discussion. When you open this door for others to come in and see how you treat each other, you subject your alma mater, your conference, the overall HBCU community to a lot of banter because of how it is treated. I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying that it's bad. Um, I love YouTube videos, but there's a lot more to it than just what is presented in the, the three minutes that people watch. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, I get in the dirt. So I, I'm a huge pedagogy guy. Rick knows that about me. Um, so I, I get into the process and that tells me everything. The show that's presented, that is great. I need to see the day-to-day -day process and that's where the true work comes in for me. So that's where I find my qualifications to speak on what I hear 
And even from any standpoint, I can find something truly intrinsic and good to say about every band that performs. I'm just happy to see people perform at this point based off of where we were a year and a half ago. So it's, it's amazing to me how we can go back to some quote unquote old habits so fast, but it, it is what it is. So, so I think I'm going to But Prince, it opens up a, a different conversation, right? Because I think you just touched on something that doesn't get talked about enough, which is we glorify the wrong things. You know, because somebody is put in the spotlight more doesn't mean they're great. Like I, I say it all the time. I, you know this, Brent, and we all know the, this guy. Alfred Watkins is a GOAT in the band community. Forget the African-American band community. In the band community, Alfred Watkins is a GOAT. That's, that's one of the Tom Brady's of the band world. But no, majority of these people who have these internet degrees don't know who that is. You know what I'm saying? So, but they'll justify somebody doing something ignorant, walking across the field like they about to go up to the other band, like something stupid and all that mess. But, and think that, oh, that's the GOAT. And not actually put the research into seeing like, guys, people that look less like us are doing music education at the highest levels. And I would love to see those people get their flowers while they're here. You know, and get them, you know, as opposed to us justifying some people who doing ignorance and we call that good. Like, I mean, y'all know I'm not lying. I know the band world might not like what I'm saying, but they know I'm not lying. How many times we log on and we see a video of black bands disrespecting one another? You know, F you. And it's because of a band, an uh, in, uh, insignificant band battle. A fifth quarter, five songs means I hate you. You know, it's ridiculous, man. Like, our culture needs to grow up. As black people, we need to stop being so ignorant to each other. No, I ain't saying because I ain't just talking about them. That's every band culture. Because we did the same thing at Norfolk State. As soon as Virginia State sat across that field, we didn't do that. We, it was, man. When Hampton came in that stadium, we was not like, hi, brother. How are you? Let's we, have a great we, day of band. We, we, we were. Um, especially aggressive. aggressive. Okay, yeah. okay. But we, we never, we never said to you to him. Just wanted to just make wanted it, to make it, it clear. Okay. Uh, I mean, but that, but that's true, bro. Like we justify the wrong stuff. Justify being the first black person to win BOA twice. Justify being, you know. Uh, a director emeritus of one of the best band programs in the country. That's that's what I care about. Not, oh man, you played that 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 uh, Maria Maria boy. That thing was sweet, bro. Like, everybody uh, played Maria. We played Maria Maria in two thousand at Norfolk State. Rick, give me a paper. Go ahead, bro. Go ahead. Uh, I just want to talk What's good, ma? All right, there we go. Hey, Boo Boo Kitty. I don't I don't know if he's a doctor or not, but we didn't hear a lot of celebration for um, I'm going to just call him Mr. But if he's doctor, my apologies, like Mr. Cliff Crohn's, the first black band director, at, you know, UT. We've never mentioned that or even uh, cool people. Uh, Latoya, who, who's on staff with them as well. And these are like large D1 colleges but we never mentioned them uh because they ain't cranking bro that thing ain't cranking bro it ain't aggressive it sound too meak 
It sounds too me act that you two miss. The brothers is um LSU. Like yeah, Kelvin. Yeah, like he's the first band director of the SEC, bro. Like these are this is Black history, but you know we don't we don't highlight those things and. I mean, like, like we can all agree our priorities are messed up when it comes to music education, because first it's about pedagogy. And at the age that I'm at now, I realize that uh, that movie Drumline speaks volumes in a different way now than for me merely being entertained when I was younger, because I realize now all Dr. Lee was saying was my job is to educate, then entertain. And we still have that backwards to this day. We want to entertain first and then with coonery in some areas. And then we backdoor and then we say, well, that person doesn't know proper pedagogy. Well, how can you? But That's the edutainment speech that he gave in that in that film. You know, you know, it's crazy. And, and just because you brought up that film, um, I can't I, you know, I couldn't stand that film. But at, when I got older. Dr. Lee resonated with me a lot more, man, especially sitting in the band director seat. Uh, so, you know, I, I definitely understand exactly where you were coming from on that regard, bro. Uh, Maya, how you doing, girl? You all right? You good? I'm making it. I'm making it. How are y'all? We good. That phony Dallas traffic. I know it's trash. And it's I'm actually Houston. still in Houston. This is this is Houston traffic. I, oh, wow. You still were you what you was down in the gallery? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's well, that's that's the reason why it's gallery traffic. You know that gallery traffic. Trash, trash. Big money. I, I, know, I know. The thing is, is, I thought that I would be able to. I had to go what eleven miles, thirteen miles. It took me fifty plus minutes to do so. That don't make no sense. Well, since you're here, you want to uh, get in on this topic here. What qualifies you to make whose comments? Well, let me get what just fill me in a little bit. I've been trying to like get an well, internet. We talking about my we talking about all these internet gangsters and uh YouTube PhDs that think that that we are uh, something wrong with us because we refuse to bow down at the, the altar of their favorite bands. So what, so makes, what makes them qualified to make these comments? No, what makes us qualified to have a differing opinion from everybody else. Because I have because a high game because I mean, we call it swag hours. We can call it uh, experience, background, expertise, things that I can actually be evaluated, things that can actually, we have proof of the pudding. I've been there, did it, swam through it, bled through it, all that type of stuff. So that's what makes me qualified. I mean, what makes a, somebody who gets a doctorate, what makes them qualified, them going through their dissertation and there are things that are evaluated that says that you have a level of understanding that surpasses these other folks. So now you are qualified to speak. You're, talk that talk. So that's what makes me <laughs> able to be able to do that. I mean, been there, done that. I think that, um, I mean, if we're just talking about Dan, I mean, I've marched for how many years total? What, eight years, eight, nine years that we're talking about high school too? Dance. I've been dancing since I was two. How old am I now? Twenty-eight. I mean, yeah. So that's what that that's what makes us uh, qualified to make these comments, and not just because we big faced behind a little camera, you know, behind a little keyboard. You better talk your talk, girl. No, stop. Now, now, don't, don't, now, don't get me started, man. You better talk your talk. Hold up. 
agree. There we go. See? Yeah, I just had to go ahead and throw it in there. You already know what it was. All right. So let me ask. Oops. I submitted myself. I, met, I muted myself. Let me uh, ask you guys this question. It's a follow-up question. Um, so you guys gave some really interesting things as you all were talking. One of the things that popped in my head was what about those people who marched and got their quote unquote swack hours, or I don't know if meak hours is a thing, but I'm just going to say meak hours. I don't think it's a thing though, but they got their hours, right? But they are, they are going along with the normal trends. And they feel as though they're qualified. Does that count for them to be able to have a voice? Anybody can throw that out there. No, 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 no. I, I think well, what I've learned as I've gotten older, everybody has an opinion. And your opinion is valid to you. But I can't go to the doctor and tell that doctor, uh, a medical doctor, say, I really think you should research breast cancer in this manner or this disease or whatever in this manner. I don't have that expertise. So you can't believe or dismiss a person's opinion. But sometimes your opinion is merely flawed or uh, invalid at the end of the day. If you don't have and what I realize is if you don't have facts, if you don't have data, if you don't have those things behind it, then it really don't matter. bro. It's just an opinion that you haven't proven yet. Can't even argue with that. Can't even argue with that. All right, cool. I I, I appreciate that one to get us started off. All right. Uh, oh, wait, was that a, like a like a part B of the question? Yeah, that, that was a B. Why you got a C to it? No, because I was just gonna say. I mean, just because you march in a band does not make you advancement. I'm a, a true believer that everybody that was in the band is not advancement. I say it every week. There's only a select few people that get it, and those it persons are the ones who are able to develop the expertise. There's only a few people who make the leadership rank. There are only a few people who are infectious in band or programs or auxiliaries or whatever. So just because you're in there, just because you wear the letters don't necessarily mean you represent them or you understand the depth behind them. Okay. All right. Ah, man, that was, that was, that was some real. All right. Well, let's keep it going then. If you're just tuning in, Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk, where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about music, music education, band, HBCU band culture, and more. Please make sure as soon as you come in, let's click that like button. Let's get these likes up. It does not take much to click a like button. I don't care if you're watching it on your phone, if you you watching it on your computer, if you got an iPad, it's touchscreen. Go ahead and touch that, uh, that like button. All right. Also, please make sure that if you're watching us, go over to the YouTube channel and subscribe to the network. Uh, also turn on notifications if you're on the facebook go over to the youtube channel we live on both of them facebook and youtube so it's all right if you ain't gonna miss nothing if you just go ahead and click over to youtube and go ahead and subscribe to the network all right let's keep it going so i saw this post and it is it's really online and on par with what we're talking about right and i i know that y'all probably wasn't ready for this one but I, i'm gonna throw this one out here so i saw this post let me see if it'll come up. I don't know if y'all can see that. But if you can't see it, it's all good. All right. So the post says, bandheads, people that know what's good and how things should be operated, understand the culture and have ban uh, and have some ban and knowledge on how to critique. 
whereas they have banned weenies. I don't. I think that's a terrible word, but people who are fans of banned and say the first thing that pops in their head, don't be a banned weenie. Now I'm looking at Rick's face right now. <laughs> so the next question. <laughs> Can we define a ban head? Can we define a ban head? Um, Maya. Um, I mean, yes, we can define it. How are we going to? I just, uh, I guess, to me, it's just the equivalent of. Just like I was saying, just everyone that's in the band is not necessarily a bandsman. Why does the NFL or whomever, you got your first string, second string, third string, we need bench holders. So I guess the band head is defined as a person who understands the depth, who is able to teach, who is teachable, and is talented. Whatever, I mean, that then that, that takes me to, okay, well, if we say whoever is that it person, so what is that it factor? That's a good question. I'm still thinking on that. That's a that's a, a hard way to define by giving. Okay, you have to do this, 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 and this makes you a bandhead. That's a good question. Okay, Rick, can we define a bandhead? I mean, I'm, I want to look at it for two different perspectives. First and foremost, I think the biggest problem I have with this question is that the fact that people think there should be a difference. A good musician is a good musician. I don't care if you love choir, orchestra, band, whatever. If you're a great musician, then you're going to be good at your craft. So that's the, like, that just bothers me is there's always a separation. Like, you know how, like you go to a school that has a decent one ensemble when it's marching band season you got baritone players, tuba players playing with this uncharacteristic sound. And as soon as they step in the one ensemble uh, room, they know they can't play with that sound. So they completely change back to being a normal person when it comes to thinking about music. And the one thing I used to preach is that they are not different. The things that you do to create a great sound in one ensemble, you should be doing in margin, man. It's just a little bit louder. That's it. But people aren't teaching that. The only reason we play with that volume outside is so people can hear you. John Philip Sousa and those guys, when they were outside doing marches and stuff, were not playing at the volumes that some of these marching bands are playing at right now. So we, you know, the fact that we think they, sh they should be two different things. In my opinion, a band hit is just somebody that loves band. They have a, a, a upstanding appreciation for it. I am not a band hit because for me, music is not only my livelihood, it is something that I've invested countless hours, you know, years of my life into honing my craft. So I have a respect for it that I wish some of these people that feel like, you know, that call themselves band, like self-professed band heads. You know, if you really love something, then you'll do the work to make sure that you are able to understand it and talk about it at a higher level, not just because you like it. So. You know, I, I guess, and that goes with the last question you said too, Julian. Those two things go hand in hand for me. The reason why I get so frustrated when people that I know that are not qualified to be having these conversations do is because at the end of the day, 
you can't give a legitimate explanation of why this a, band A is better than band B. So it's just simply, I like band A, I don't like band B, so band A is better. Not, man, listen to this, um, this tune. It was out of tune. Not one section played with a cohesive sound. There was not one part of it that had clarity where I could hear the melody and then everything else independent of that works behind it. There was no pyramid of sound there or block of sound depending on what. The, that is what an educated conversation sounds like. Not, man, boy, that joke was boring, bro. That joke was boring, bro. I'm good. I'm, I'm not interested. So that's what it is to me, man. All right. Um, Bruh. I, I'm I'm gonna go to to Quan next, but hey man, wake Hooch up, man. <laughs> man, this man Hooch is down here in his that boy down here in his dreams, man. Hey, hey, that's my dog, y'all. He in here snoring his tail off. He he's sleeping good right underneath me. <laughs> I said, I said, man, I'm sleeping. <laughs> Oh my gosh! All right. So, so, so uh, let me. Go ahead, Kwan. So I, I saw the um, the viewer just made a comment uh, that that was valid. Um, she she basically uh, said that uh, the term "banhead" at one point meant like that you were kind of like a nerd, like you was you was into it. But I think now nowadays, as music educators, the term "banhead" has a negative connotation, honestly, um, to it. Because it's basically saying that you're only uh, appreciative, like in the words of Rick, to one aspect of music or ensemble. When as a music educator, you should be, you know, uh, appreciating, supporting them all. My uh, <laughs> the dog having fifth quarter. <laughs> uh, I think I, I think the bandhead term now, because of social media and the internet, you have so, you have uh, so many opinions. And you have individuals that didn't honestly build anything. I think that's the biggest pet peeve for me. You have a lot of people that have a lot of opinions, but they ain't built shit. And honestly, as a, as a person that that has built several programs before, like that's like a slap in the face. I think a lot of people we could talk about, you know, people talk about Prairie View, but I've seen the transition from one band director to the next. The man built that program. So I don't give a damn what nobody says to build a program is a is a you have to be a special person that's called for a special mission that God is giving you to build. I mean, if you look at Langston, that's a rebuilt program. I mean, those those programs are real. Uh, I think Hampton uh, was a rebuilt program at one point. Hampton or Howard um, and shout out to the schools that even though they are smaller schools, they maintain their uh their kids miles is another one uh they had fell off at one point and another one is benedict college so i mean at the end of the day band heads a band head is a person that has an opinion that came back up shit that's how i look at a band head in today's in today's uh terminology but a person that has an opinion that's valid like rick said that can honestly uh discern apples from oranges then we can have a conversation. But if you like, if you just like that particular school because you like that school, well, you full of shit. Okay. All right. Prince, can we define a band head? Uh, yeah, y'all going in, bro. Uh, 
I looked at it simply from the standpoint of, uh, from my background of being here, it was basically kind of like how Kwan said, somebody that was looked upon as they were just totally into the, the culture when it came to traditional style. Uh, and that was literally what it was. Uh, again, I keep coming to the same point of, I can like my band for what they do without disrespecting another one. And I think that's where it gets lost because I can literally articulate my reason as to why I may not prefer something or a style, you know, a, a, a maybe a specific chart that a band played, or it just wasn't performed well without being disrespectful. And I think that's where it keeps coming in. But I'll just look at a band head as somebody that, that knows the culture, has performed in the culture uh, at one of the HBCU bands, um, and knows the style, and basically is a big fan of it. And that's literally how I look at it. I keep it that simple. I just, I just, it bothers me. It makes my skin crawl when it's, when it's constantly disrespected where, oh, you went to this school, so you don't know anything. And that's where I think that's where you lose people, and that's where the dialogue gets lost. So that's my simple version of of, of defining what a band head is. Eric, I know so many band heads that didn't march for colleges, but because maybe that school is in their state or their band director graduated from that school, and they didn't even march for that damn school, and they're they're more in love with that school than than the people that even went there. So it's like, when you talk about bandhead, it's kind of like levels to the bandhead. You got the bandhead who actually march. Then you got the bandhead who kind of like, I, I'm gonna just put it in this term, who's meat riding the band that they ain't never been in. And then you got bandheads who riding another band's tip who march for another band. Like it's so many levels to, to bandhead. So it, you got bandhead level tier one, two, and three. I mean, but at the end of the day, they fall into some form of a category where it's like, how is your opinion valid? You just re you're a fan of this band. You you didn't really march for them. So, I mean, it, it, it's crazy, bro. Hey, real talk, man. Hey, valid point on that. I just look at it from the standpoint of I'm only going to argue with somebody so long when they can't articulate to help me come to their side. And then I'll stop it from there. And I, I don't I don't cap any further than that, man, because I, I love hearing y'all go back and forth because I did not go to a SWAC school. I did not go to a MEAC school. I marched in the SIAC school. Um, but, you know, I was a screaming machine, man. So having 15 trumpets out there, you know, and I'm a young kid popping double A's uh, um, and was still making, you know, still doing all kinds of other stuff. It did not bother me at all that I went to a smaller school. I love going to see other bands play that. But I, that's how I got down. Um, you know, so that that's that's how I look at it. But as I stated, man, and I'm fiery. Look, anybody that spends any time around me, that's why Rick is looking that way. Anybody that spends time, I'm a very fiery person. I definitely defend my craft, and I will put my 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 training up against anybody, up against anybody, when it comes to it. But I'm just only going to argue so much, man. When it comes down to you can't articulate your point, so I'm like, we're not going anywhere. So you go ahead and stay on that side, and I'm gonna continue to press on because I'm gonna do my homework, and that's just that's how it's just gonna, how gonna get. But the last about, part about of it too, the yeah, last part too, though, this, Eric and Julie, I know we got to get going. There's a level of comfort in being a band head because on musical levels with the conversations that you're talking about, you have to be able to stand in arenas and articulate. Like one of the things, like we always talk about representation for our people. So being a part of programs that we weren't normally be a part of. I have to go in there and I have to produce. And Eric, like y'all, I, I don't mind saying, Eric Prince, I marched drum corps for, for five years.
My when I moved on to the cadets, Eric Prince was my first trumpet tech. I had never seen a black man teaching at that level before. And to show up to spring training and see this six foot five dude sitting there saying, hey, I'm your trumpet tech. I was like, man, that was like astounding to me. But then to see the level of teaching and it won't just because he was a black man. It was he was a black man who was an exceptional teacher or an exceptional educator or an exceptional student of what we do. And I think with Ben Headham or whatever you want to call it, um, it's easy for these people who were second and third trumpet players, second clarinet players, you know, third alto saxes, depending on what the orchestration of your band was, to have to be legitimized standing to people like Julian, who was a freshman that came into Norfolk State double tonguing on E above double C. Now the, the, the playing fields are level. Never mind my, you know, Quan, you talked about experience when you did your, uh, no, it was Maya. Maya talked about swag hours. Those people have swag hours, but it ain't the swag hours at the same level as Maya. So, but now the, the playing field has been leveled. So I think that it's a level of comfort in being a bandhead to where even though I may have sucked on my instrument when I was in school, now my opinion matters just as much as Maya who was a band, uh, captain of her section, or Julia, who was double-tonguing on E above double C, or, you know, people quite like, you know, other those of us who did it at a high level. So I, I think that's the, that's the, maybe that's that tier two you was talking about, Quan, uh, that's tier one. So, so, so just kind of going off what you were just talking about, Rick, so then the next question would be, do band heads get a voice? Because it seems, and I'm and and I'm just kind of going off of what I see. It seems like the, I guess you want to say, one of those tiers of bandhead that that Quan is talking about. Whatever tier they're on, they seem to be the ones who are more vocal and the ones where people are listening the most. So, do bandheads get a voice? If if I may, Julian, my my thing is this: everybody gets a voice. Everybody, you know. Again, everybody's opinion is valid, but it's not valid to the point where, as an educator, I should entertain it if it's if it if it doesn't hold weight. Like prime example, you guys know as collegiate directors, or even myself at the at at this level of high school, we hear what parents say, we hear the comments in the stands, and some of it is just plain ignorant shit. Now, it does it frustrate you at times because many people don't know the struggle, kind of like Eric was saying, the day to day process of I don't care if a band <clears throat> marches out on the field, turns around, play a stand tune and march off the field. You don't know what it took for those kids to get them to that point. You don't know. So at the end of the day, what is my do? <laughs> so that's what I was looking at. Yo, my. Like, we don't. We don't yeah, like, <laughs> but we don't know what it took for to get those kids organized to get them to march on the same foot to turn around to play this song to the best of their ability we don't know that so all of that side comment of man back in my day it was like this real talk fuck your back in the day bro it ain't now and you ain't here helping like all of we hear those things so your opinion is valid but not valid to the point where you feel like it's going to alter. But that's what I'm talking about, Quan. Them be the same people like back in my day. Dude, you played third trombone. You were not relevant. 
That's what I'm. That's exactly what I'm talking about, Quan. It be the people that sucked in the band, and we all know who I'm talking about. There's somebody in every band that stunk, and now they are an expert at telling you which band is good or bad. Or like you said, Quan, ain't never marched not one swack out in anybody band, and but got all the opinions, getting invited to events, the judge, everything. They th these are the experts in our field. Not the Alfred Watkins and all these other people who have done band at a high a high level. That's my problem. Is that we have to yes, they you are absolutely right. Their opinion, they're entitled to their opinion. This America. You know, we all have a right to an opinion. But just because you have an opinion doesn't mean it's valuable. Especially when it comes to advancing our culture. That's what we're talking about here, y'all. We're not talking about who played loudest in the fifth quarter. We're talking about what is gonna make band culture better and what's going to make this better that we can pass this to some students after us who are going to take this to the next level we always think about our damn self it's always about us like get out get out of your own way build somebody up that's coming up behind you want your band to be better go recruit some students that can come in and make your band better like it's just a selfish approach too man that's another conversation but go ahead too Yeah, yeah, man, you you ready to, ready to swing on somebody? <laughs> somebody wake that dog up. <laughs> hey, man, leave my guy alone, man. He tired. He worked a long day today, man. That dude sat in here and ate food and did nothing, and now he tired. Let, let, hey, wake up, man. Wake up. All right, there you go. Here we go. Maya, can I ask you a question? You got two drinks over there. You turn one up that looked pink with your pinky up. And then you chased it with a bottle of water. What you got going on over there? <laughs> Mess. <laughs> she got a whole Wait. cocktail. Okay. I'm I'm thirsty. And nothing quenches your thirst like water. But I also want to drink my drink too. So I'm living my best life. One of each. So you, you took the, the one that's going to dry you out first, and then you took the one that's going to wet you up. Listen, no, because they, they cancel each other out. If you boom, boom it, then what goes down is also going to be cleared out with that water at the same time. You know, you know I'm going to take what you just said, and I'm going to go ahead and splice that up. That's going to be a new sound. <laughs> and that will sound crazy for everybody that don't even know what I'm talking about. Listen, after spending an hour in that uh, Houston traffic, I think I deserve a little, a little taint or something. Hey, I agree. You 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 deserve a sip. Don't worry. When we get to that after party, I'm gonna need a sip too. So. And who said this is guava juice? What you mean, guava and grapefruit? Mm -hmm. With a right. little orange. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't know what this is. My best friend's mom actually had this in the refrigerator, so I don't know what it is. Your best friend's mom trying to get you right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She finds joy in doing that. So Look yeah. At Look at God. Mm -hmm. All right, let's keep it moving. No, if you just tuned in, welcome everybody to talk that talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about music, music, music education, band, HBCU, band culture, and more. Please make sure that when you come in, you smash that like button. We got to get these likes up, man. I'm seeing, I'm not seeing my likes matching the numbers of the people that's viewing. Come on, let's get these likes up. It's not that hard to click a like button. Also, please go over to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the network. Uh, also, turn on notifications. All right. Let's move on to the next topic. The next topic is going to kind of take a, a little turn. Um, and um, I think it, I think it'll be valid. All right. So here we go. Here's the next topic. 
teachers are leaving the classroom and many are band directors. Here we go. Do secondary band directors have it hard? Do secondary band directors have it hard? Oh, Prince is in. Prince, go ahead, bro. Because I you you hitting it hard. Go ahead. You got it. I'll keep it simple because I saw Quan rolling his eyes too. Like, is this a real question? Uh, yes, Ex extremely challenging, man. Uh, feeder programs, uh, keeping kids' interest, uh, parent support, funding is a huge uh, issue right now. Uh, staffs being cut back, man. It's, it's a struggle, man. It's it's literally a labor of love. You have to love it to continue to do it, and the hours are beyond arduous. And there's no more back how it used to be. There's 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 just how it is now, and you must adapt and adjust uh, in the new environment. So it, it's very challenging, man. Extremely challenging. Okay. Worth it though. Worth it, but it's extremely challenging. All right. Cool. Uh, Quan, do second secondary band directors have it hard? Yeah, yeah, we got it hard. I mean. Hands down. I mean, Prince said a mouthful of parent support. Let's start with there. Number two, uh, administrative support pending the school that you're at. Uh, funding, another problem. Um, and honestly, something that we don't speak about, the trauma that some of these students actually have, we deal with that as well. I mean, and then when it comes to sometimes Pending your community, they want a, a star studded show weekly when some of these kids can't walk and chew bubble gum. But they they want a Prairie View, Texas Southern show pending the region, you know, that that you're at. And you're merely trying to build a band program that's adequate for your standard. That's it. And give these students an opportunity to go to college. That's all you're trying to do. Many of these band directors are having middle school, high school bands, meaning they're high school students with a middle school sound because they're beginning band. And you have to do that. Like it's it's so much that that goes on to this that I don't even have enough time in the day to explain it. But yes, it's hard. And if you don't love it, and I'm, I'm going to say this and I'll end it. If you're not called for this, honestly, you are going to fail because we don't get paid enough. Many, Julian, you said this. Some people's families are being destroyed behind it because you feel as, as a band director, this is this is my calling. And sometimes your family is the one that gets the the residue of you at the end of the day. Man, it's, it's so much that on a daily basis. And then you just want to teach band, but then you may have to teach music appreciation or music theory or music production. And they they think just because you got a music degree, you understand all of the audio in the auditorium. That ain't my business. I'm trying to teach band. Then on top of that, some of these uh, districts don't support professional development for you. It's just the list goes on and on, but it's hard, bro. It's, it's hard. And making sure that your mental health 
is in check too. All right, Press, you got it. Go ahead. Hey, uh, you know, I know we talked about the, the contest this past weekend, man, at Prairie View, but I can tell you now, and again, Rick and I talked about it. I was so happy to see uh, Adams bring Sam Houston from San Antonio to the contest, man, because he and I talked for several weeks and he wanted to get those kids out there, man. And this brother is working hard. So I was just sat there in the parking lot, just in awe with those kids warming up and him supporting them and them getting on that field and performing, man, that does so much for those kids' uh, uh, morale and to have a teacher that believes in them, man. And just that little bit of contact and support from a peer standpoint, man, it goes a long way. And that encouragement, and it's not about the trophies, but the accomplishment of doing something and taking on an arduous task and getting those kids out there, man. That takes a lot of courage and a lot of belief and a strong teacher to get those kids out there, man. It was great to see them in the parking lot, grinding, putting that work on. The field show is a field show for me, man. I love hearing and seeing that education going on out there. And that's why I'm always going to support our people when they're doing it, man, always. So, yeah. Yeah, and we definitely uh, made a comment about them uh, when we were there, man, and, and really just really talking about the fact because I know, you know, I had a small band program like uh, he did, and I know Quan is, his numbers are around the same. I know we talked about that a little bit, but one of the things that we just were really, really happy to see is that the kids were having fun, man. You know, at the end of the day, they were just having fun, you know, and that's what was, you know, monumental when we were looking at it uh, from our standpoint. So definitely big shout out to them. Uh, Maya, what you think? You know, do secondary band directors have it hard? I mean, I would assume so. So I will be the first to say that I have no direct expertise and I will never try and take the driver's seat from someone who can not only be sympathetic, but be empathetic. Um, to the needs, so I would definitely prefer to give both Quan and Prince the, you know, the floor on that one. But I would assume that yes, it is quite hard. I mean, even when you're thinking about dealing with all these kids, you're dealing with all these different hormones, trying to keep the students and you know, trying to keep them focused, trying to hash out whatever, um, not analytics, but everything that you're trying to get to do for your program in itself. I can assume that in terms of budgeting, that the tools, the resources, the instruments, the environment in which you're able to um, uh, practice or rehearse in aren't always the best of quality. So that 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 adds an upper um, challenge to itself. So, yeah, I, I can assume, yes, that um, the secondary has it the hardest if if we just want to go ahead and push the envelope and say that. All right, cool. Uh, Rick, do second ban secondary band directors have it hard? I mean, man, I don't really have much more to, to offer, man. I know the crowd like, what? He ain't got nothing to say. But no, nah, I don't really have much more to offer, man. I think that this question is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, just to give y'all background, I taught, I taught at the secondary level for five, seven years uh, before I moved to the collegiate level. And when I arrived at my school, we had 45 people in the band total. This was at a middle school. And um, I was able to, you know, grow the band to 250 from there. But it took years of headache and grinding and all these other things. And then on top of that, for me, Quan, the part that you did, you left out, is a lot of band directors also have ambitions of their own. They want to go back to school and, 
and get, you know, terminal degrees and stuff like that. And you already talked about family. That's a whole nother conversation. So, you know, yes, the, the answer to the question is yes. I think some have it harder than others. There are a lot of great programs out there where the kids can afford to pay three, two and three thousand dollars in band fees and have private lesson teachers on staff that come in every day and have a full time dance teacher that teaches at the school. Some bands have that luxury. Most bands don't. So, you know, I think there's levels to the difficulty. But yes, you know, because the, the other part of that is the fact that at the end of the day, your job ain't just being a band director. You a daddy, mama, counselor, preacher, everything. And man, like I, I dealt with so many things, man, especially having to pray for myself, talking to some of them parents. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, man, it's like it's a very difficult job and it's not for the weak hearted and it ain't for everybody. You know, and I guess the last thing I'll say is some of these schools need to t start telling students that this job is not for everybody. You know, I want all black people to go to college. I want all black people to be successful. We need to start being honest with our people. It takes a, a certain level of talent to do what we do. You can't just show up and just say, hey, I want to be a band director because I like band. You know, and then from there, you have to educate yourself as a student of music to to be able to teach students that come from diverse backgrounds. I had a kid, man. I'll never forget this story. I tell it all the time. My last year teaching at the middle school, I had a kid. He wasn't even in band, but I had such a great relationship with the kids at the school. I was able to talk to pretty much anybody in the school and try to, you know, talk them off the ledge. So there was a kid in my school, and I knew he had been facing some challenges in his home life. Um, this kid, man, he was walking around school, y'all. And he had a wad of money. I'm talking. I'm telling y'all, this is a 15 year old kid walking around with a wad of money this big. And I came from that community, so I already knew what time it was. So I pulled the kid aside. I was like, "Look, man, you know you don't need to be flashing your money out here. You know some of these old heads out here be knocked you upside your head, you know, and all that stuff, man. Like, chill. You know, I know what you're doing. You know, but relax. You know." And, you know, man, have you ever thought about going to college and, you know, maybe getting out of that environment? This kid looked me in my eyes, y'all, and said, Mr. Brown, I heard what you're saying, but I make more money than you. <laughs> like this kid, man, his mom was on drugs and dealing with some things. He was taking care of his little brother. At that point, he don't care about no Beethoven <laughs> or how to play, a, a you know, a concert outfit in the center of the pitch. He don't care about that. His thing is, man, where my next meal coming from? So, you know, that's for those of you that don't know, that's the life we live as band directors, you know, dealing with students that, you know, could care less about what you're talking about because life is real. And we all, you know, and they had those type of issues. So, yes, the job is difficult for band directors, but it's because we wear so many hats and have to deal with so many drama and issues and bull that we shouldn't have. So. Um, uh, I got another question. Uh, it was one of those ones that just popped into my head, or you know, randomly. I but however, and I was listening to exactly what Rick Rick was saying, but I had I looked down in the left corner and I just saw Maya again. She was smashing some food off in the corner and she came back. It was sorry, man. I, I I I turned away and that's what I came back and saw. My bad, Maya. I but it, I don't know. It just keeps coming up. Uh, so <laughs> so here's the thing though. So you guys all said some great things. So that that comes back to a question 
that I had previously then when we talk about the state and or future of university band programs. So what's your thoughts on that? Unknowing, you know, some of the responses that you gave and even some of the uh, people who agree in the comments. What are your thoughts on that? Anybody? These issues aren't new. They aren't new. These HBCUs been dealing. See, that's t like that's the thing that people don't understand. HBCUs, why do they exist in today's age? You know, we know why they were formed to give, you know, the sons and daughters of, you know, former slaves and their descendants an opportunity to get a college education. We got that part, you know. Why do they exist today? In my opinion, all right, obviously this is not fact. This is just my opinion. It's because HBCUs give your non-traditional student an opportunity to, to have that successful route, just like your students that was A and B students in college. I made a couple of mistakes in high school, but I can still get a college degree. And I'm one of those kids, y'all. I was not a great student um, in elementary school or middle school because I was a visual learner. And you know, back then, teachers didn't teach like that. You sat there, you took notes and took a test. There was no visual learning. There was no differentiated instruction back then. So I was one of those students. And through the grace of God and a bunch of people like Eric Prince and like others who invested in me and wanted to see me be successful, I'm now successful. So to answer your question, Julia, at the end of the day, these HBCUs were designed to do that work, in my opinion. So they can take a kid like you know, like me and you who came in, I was an all-state trumpet player when I got to Norfolk State and put us in the same section with some guy who could barely blow his nose. And together we create this great art. You know, Norfolk State, I feel like we were creating art there, man. I know some of our non-HBCU counterparts don't look at what we do as art, but that's, that's their own business. That's stupidity. You know, we were able to take that kid that struggled. And Julian, think about some of the people we taught at PV. You know, we had some students in the band living in the music building. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, how many times I came out of my pocket to feed somebody? You know, but that's because I love my band. So they're, the HBCUs are going to be fine. You know, they give money and they support these students. They're going to be fine. Go ahead, Prince. I, I was saying, I, I was saying a lot of us have had before. Um, I get concerned when the music educator is getting ready to student teach. And they don't have a lot in their toolbox. And what I mean by that, if you haven't done orchestra or you haven't done chamber ensembles or you haven't taken on a mentor outside of your school of music, um, and I can't lie, man, that Texas uh, teacher certification test, it is a bear. If you are not trained and prepared for it and you're going on a probationary certificate, a lot of people bust that whole year up because they aren't trained well. So you have to take initiative to be an overall educator because it says early childhood through 12. It doesn't say band, it doesn't say choir, it doesn't say orchestra, it doesn't say mariachi, it doesn't say jet. It says music education. So I, I think that uh, no matter what the institution, but especially HBCUs, the young, the, the people that, young people that I mentor, I'm like, what do you know? And what are you really prepared for outside of, I went to school, I did a chamber ensemble, I did marching band, I did my studio, and I student taught. And I'm like, you probably need to get some more mentorship. Not saying you can't get it, but there's a lot of lumps you're going to take. So uh, as Rick said, it's the same stories that have been there. I, 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 
I definitely celebrate the programs that still have their credential uh, to have education um, degrees, but I, I still think that, that that going outside of your comfort zone is still a necessity that is needed for success, um, especially when you're going to apply for these jobs in certain, certain districts. Uh, you you got to literally come in and kick that door open and say, I'm going to make it impossible for you not to give me the opportunity. So that's that's my standpoint. But the second part of that, Prince, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, is this. And I know a lot of you can agree with me on this, both here and out there that's listening. These schools have to do right by these students, too. When you go to one of these colleges where your whole music education is based around your college's marching band, guess what? You're not going to be prepared to be a band director. I mean, I'm just being real with you. Majority of these school districts, matter of fact, all of them have a standard of excellence or standards of learning. You have to meet those requirements in order to be an educator. If you don't know who uh, Percy Granger is, if you don't know how to build a major scale and then add the seventh or the ninth, you know, whatever, you're not going to be able to do this at a high level. So you can love these bands as much as you want, but you have to apply yourself when you get that access point into one of these HBCUs. Understand you're there to be a student first, not a member of the Spartan Legion, not a member of the Storm. You are a student of music first. And I think as band directors, we need to do a better job of pushing that message other than, oh, it's Southern Week, let's get ready. You know, that that's on us, doing a well, disservice well, to these kids. Go ahead, Prince. And, and I'll say this, man, I, I'm, I'm always impressed with the number of uh, band directors at the HBCUs that I run into. Very, very intelligent uh, directors and, and very capable. I just think it's upon the, the, the and I know a lot of them encourage a lot of the music majors to get out there and learn more. I just think you have to take more initiative. Uh, some of the students have to take more initiative to say, hey, I'm going to get outside of my comfort zone because I'm always impressed with the directors that I meet um, and their experience, their background, and how much they encourage them. But it's got to be a, a, hey, I'm going to take some initiative to, to educate myself as well. Um, so I think that's where some of the gap is with some of the young folks that I mentor as well. So valid points, bro. I, I, I think to, to add to both of your points, when you're in college and you're just going through, you know, those motions, you're really ignorant to the real professional world of what you're really about to face. Like for me. When I was at PV, I'm like, hey, I'm going to learn my percussion, you know, my percussion studies. I'm going to do that. I know I want to be a band director. I'm going to take my applied lessons and I'm going to get out here and build the band. I was wrong because I had to learn how to suffer on how to build the band. I had to learn and suffer through picking curriculum. I'm a percussion. Uh, percussion is my principal instrument, but I have to teach woodwinds and all of those different things. So how like. Like it's it's so many levels to being a band director. I think that's what really to not to go back to the last question, but pisses us off about the band head comments is because you don't know the struggle of building a band program. And honestly, we must like you said, Rick, we must tell our students the truth. At the end of the day, nine out of ten, you're going to have to build a program. You're not going to walk into a program that's already established. That's why I feel like the student teaching process is flawed. You're walking into a situation that's the, the band director has possibly been there for years. They have their systems in place and you just show up at, you know, 730 in the morning. You have your band practice and then you go home. But you didn't see the struggles of the years on how to create 
parent flyer letters and how to create dues for band. And, and if this child can't pay, pay them, how do I set up fundraisers? You have no clue about that. So once you start building your band program, your focus is on blow that hoe, but you don't even have a band to blow. Like all of those things is, is what honestly I feel that HBCUs we fall short of. However, the biggest thing that well about at HBCUs we do well, we build character. We do that well, but then, then we lack on the other side of professionalism and the blueprint on how to build the program. And I think real talk, that's eventually going to have to be a book that's coming from uh, a doctor of some sort or, or a person with credibility on how to build band programs because you're going to have to. If you look at schools around the city of Houston, at one point was thriving. Jack Yates is a new band director there now. He's rebuilding that program. I've been at Worthen. I was the seventh band director in four years. If you look at some of these other feeder programs, you got to build shit around here. And most people, they don't want to build. And we're not saying that at the HBCUs, but you're going to have to build. So, yeah, you may play drums, but you need to learn to pick up this trumpet. You have to pick up this woodwind. You have to teach yourself. You have to teach yourself syllables and how to shape your mouth and all of that stuff like that. The shit that band heads don't tell you online. So if you're not doing that, you're going to be a trash ass band director. And if you're not, if you can't humble yourself to say, say, Rick, man, I need help on this. Really, how do I get my kids here? OK, they playing a grade one. How do I get them to a 1.5 or grade two? At this point, man, matter of fact, I don't know who Percy Granger is. Tell me who he is. Who is Ann Magenti? Like, give me some uh, some some suggestions. If you're not doing that, you want to stay in your same seat and you want to be a band head. But you got to build Boy, Ann Magenti, I ain't heard that name in years, bro. I used to love her music when I taught middle school. Yes, sir. All right, hold up. Sorry about that, Quan. I got to give you that, bro. If, if I had the church organ, Daddy, I would have hit it. Don't worry, I'm gonna have a church organ next week. Uh, <laughs> uh, man, this conversation is is actually taking me on another way. So, hey, hold uh, on, hey, hold on, Julie. I got to give a shout out, man, because one of our first supporters, bro, just just logged in. My rookie sister Tina was on the first show, man. She's been supporting us since the first show, bro. So I got to give her that big up because she sent me a message after our first show and was on it, man. So kudos to you. Tina Johnson, what's up, homie? Thanks for being here. Thanks for supporting us. Yeah, man. And shout out to Derek, by the way. Derek Walker. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you, what, he, what he just said is, is the same thing that I've been saying for years. During COVID, we saw, I've saw several different like arranging competitions, which is awesome. But my question is, can you really go teach that to the band right now for today? Mm. Man, we, you know, you know, we have that topic all day, right, man? Hey, you hear how hardcore hit that mute button? He dropped the mic on us. Ah. <laughs> he dropped the mic on us, Doc. <laughs> all right, man. We got to keep it rolling. We got to keep it rolling. So, if you just tuned in, man, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk, where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Please make sure as soon as you come in, man, go ahead and smash that like button, man. Let's get these likes up. We want our likes to match our viewers. Shoot, we want them. We want them shooting out the roof. So go ahead and click that like button. 
Also, if you're not watching us on YouTube, it's okay. If you're watching us on Facebook, go over to the YouTube and subscribe to the page. If you're already on the YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Let's get these notifications or turn on your notifications and you will be updated when we do all of our uploads. All right, here we go. Also, uh, we're getting into the last topic. If all y'all, all of y'all who was in the comments, man, I'm going to go ahead and open up the chat uh, or open up the room so you guys can come in and y'all can go ahead and give us your feedback. So I'm going to put the link in the uh, in the comment section, you know, as soon as we go through this last topic. So just be ready for that link. Just remember your cameras must be on. All right. So I, I ended up, I, I had one topic, but the way y'all were talking had my brain going right and so um i know that kwan you you're not from here but you're a texas teacher prince you you a texas teacher maya you come up under the texas system i know i'm a texas teacher rick you've been here so i gotta ask this question just based on the conversation that we were having has the requirements for texas music education become outdated with the change in culture has the requirements for texas music education become outdated with the change in and culture, culture. I, guess I guess you got yeah not hell no and i think that's the problem we keep changing the the requirements so we can because the band level has gotten less 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 a kid, I'll say it again, a kid being able to play a concert F at this high school, that high school, that high, is the same. And to be honest, if more bands focus more on fundamentals, then like Quan said, blowing that hole, we would have a lot more better bands in the state of Texas if we're talking about things. And the thing about it is this. Like, I, I, I want to go to Maya. I'm going to stop talking because I'm, I'm interested in what Maya has to say because... You can teach somebody how to dance. Like the standards of dancing, they don't change. They haven't changed. Like Barishnikov danced the same way that, Mish, uh, what's her name, Misty Copeland danced, who, you know, Alvin Ailey, the techniques are there. It's just different styles of doing the dance. We don't have different styles anymore. If you don't sound like this band, you suck to a lot of people. You know, and, it, and like we talked about, these middle schools out here playing marching band music. You ought to be ashamed of yourself as a band director if you got middle schoolers out there blowing. They can't even keep the aperture in place. And they're out there trying to play fortissimo, out of tune. And then you got all these people that call themselves band heads supporting that man. Boy, that, man, man, that middle school cranking. Okay, that's great. What, uh, what grade level is that middle school playing? Are they playing grade three, which is on level for a, upper, uh, for a middle school band? Oh, they over there playing uh, Hot Cross Bun still. Oh, that's what's up. Congratulations. Like we do a disservice to these students on every level. That's a leadership thing. Once again, Julie, know that the standards are not outdated. Do every band. I think that band directors need to make a, a decision on where their band needs to fall, but build expectations that their bands can meet. Yeah, you may not be able to play grade three this year, but go back to grade two, play the hell out of that grade two. And maybe throw one grade three in there that year that gets your students like, okay, now we got something to attain or aspire for. So, Maya, what do you think? Well, you know, you know how with you, you know how with dancers, technique is technique. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, certain places don't use as much technique as others. But at the end of the day, you know, to do a releve or to do a plie or whatever, that's the same at this school as as, as that school. So I think, you know, how does that, you know, equate to what we do as musicians? I mean, I mean that, 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 that is very correct, but I think that goes back to the issue of things being cyclical, right? So if you're in a collegiate band, and just like with student teaching, if you're not equipped with what you need to be able to progress forward to what your career goals or aspirations are, and that does entail going back or being a secondary teacher or whomever, the same thing applies in dance. You can say, like, sure, I have the basics down i have the training i have the 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 ballet and all those different things but let's take it another direction just like we have the conversation of field show versus stands what is getting what is capturing the audience and in a day and age where band hits um in the sense of those persons who talk behind the camera or those persons who egg on blow that hoe that's what matters so a lot of that attention is being taken in both the band side as well as the auxiliary side right now it does not matter about not necessarily the analytics but it does not matter about the the starting from the ground up the basics it's just simply about the show the fascination of it all oh she bucking oh she she wiping the flow with it oh they just did this is look look how intricate this looks nobody's saying oh look they just did that leap in second oh they just only a certain person is doing that but the masses are like are they shake are they shaking ass or not are the outfits skimpy or not that's really what matters so i feel you but i mean in a sense that's going to continue because of that cyclical idea and as long as things are being patted on the back those things will continue we will always what we allow will continue and until we stop that everything is downhill from now and that's why forums and conversations such as this are so important because maybe we are in, a, in a, a sense of reach one, teach one. Maybe there is someone out there who does not necessarily have the grandest um, expertise in their wheelhouse, but maybe this will reinforce the, the narrative that it doesn't stop here. There is much to be learned. There is much that can be acquired and there's more that we can grow from. So maybe I didn't answer your question and please re-ask me if not, but to me, that's just a very there's so many things on this. And just like in the dance world, I believe it's very, very same when it comes to the end. Because, I mean, right is right. Wrong is wrong. Attention is attention. And we the Blacks like what? We like it loud. We like it proud. <laughs> we, we just like the look of the thing. Nobody really cares about what it takes to get there. All right, Quan Has the requirements for Texas music education become outdated with the change in culture no um it it has not Uh, i'll answer your question first so no i don't think it's not i think it's actually lowered uh in my opinion uh and as a person for my story is when i first graduated from prairie view uh my focus was getting a job so i wasn't certified honestly for i think five or six years and it felt like a bad monkey on my back. I'm not gonna lie. To the point where one of my professors was like, say, don't come up to Prairie View until you get that uh, certification because you're better than that. And she held my foot to the fire. Now, when I asked for, you know, resources and whatnot, you know, they were there to help. 
Uh, I en enrolled myself into the Region 4 program, procrastinated, had test anxiety, so forth and so on. But bless God, I, I endeavored through and I'm a fully certified teacher. Um, as well as I became fully certified as well, I, as, well as I uh, attained my master's degree in music education as well from Adam State. So I don't think that the requirement is outdated. I think the curriculum needs, you know, uh, you know, tweaks here and there in regards of uh, uh, including everyone. But the requirements, no, because it's too many people walking around saying that band directors, bro. It's too many people walking around saying for me specifically they're percussion instructors, but they're not building kids or they're not giving their kids the opportunity to even have a chance to shot at a scholarship or going to college. I, I, I think. I think we need to take more pride into this elite fraternity of our own self saying that we're that we're bandsmen and building better bands like that's a problem. Everybody can be a band director. And I and I saw the comment that uh, the Derek gentleman, the Derek gentleman said there's no such thing as bad bands. It's only bad band directors. And when y'all made that first comment, I had to go back and self reflect on myself. What am I not teaching my students that uh, that could potentially hurt or harm them? That's not a person that's arrogant. That's not a band head. No, you're trying to be a, a a person that perfects your craft. And at the end of the day, the requirements is not uh, outdated. That shit is hard. And honestly, when you step in, step into those circles, they treat you that way. And they should treat you that way because you didn't require and meet those specific standards. You just walk around here playing one. I'm a father. So I hate when other fathers act like they real daddies and you not be a real daddy, bro. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, I don't want nobody walking around here saying, yeah, I'm a band director. So what do you do? So, you know, what are you teaching slurs? What are your technique? Yada, yada, yada. Nah, I mean, we just, we just playing cold hearted snake. I mean, get the hell out of my face, bro. Like these are the issues that we're facing, but unfortunately the band heads has, they have and has the masses, and the loudest voice. And it's the ones like Rick saying the uh, Alfred Watkins that are not being mentioned is because the band heads is all in concern about music from August to December. They don't speak about concert from, uh, you know, January to the end of the school year because they'll turn around and say January to the end of February is, is parade season. But what are we doing one of the worst feelings that I had in the world, and I'm in with this, I was preparing my students for uh, an audition and they were going to the audition and I knew that they weren't ready for it. Worst feeling in the world, because I, as a director, didn't prepare my student for that. I failed that kid and I walk around with that chip on my shoulder to this day because I never want another student to walk into an audition and not be ready. Some of us as band directors really need to ask ourselves the questions. Are we really? Are we really uh, doing the best for our students? And if you're not, improve. All right. I'm sorry, I just got to say one thing. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, friends and family, you know, I love you very much, but I'm sorry, Quan, you brought your bag with you today, my friend, and you stepped on knee deep in it. Now, you, this is your show today, my friend. Like, you really getting to it. So, I'm with you when you're right. Always with you when you're right. 
No disrespect to anybody else. I'm just saying I have to give major kudos because Quan is really in his bag tonight. She giving you your flowers, brother. All right. Uh, I agree. Has the requirements for Texas music education become outdated with the change in culture? No. Standards are standard, man. They're all based off of excellence. Um, you go to TMEA or some of these music conferences and stuff like that, or some of these affluent programs, and you need to be comfortable in your own skin when you go in there. And it's not because they are adjusting based off what the trends are, what the culture says. It is a standard of excellence. That's part of why I view myself as a professional music educator. Um, so that way I'm comfortable in my own skin. Case in point, Derek Walker's on here, watched his band in the parking lot at Prairie View, amazing. We have uh, Texas UIL State Championship this week right here in San Antonio, right up the street from me. And uh, BOA, uh, Super Regional, Bands of America Super Regional right here in San Antonio uh, this weekend. I just had, I just we just hosted three bands here at my stadium this week. And all three bands came from around the states, don't look like us, came from around the bay. And every one of them said, hey, can you take 15 minutes to work with my band on this? Hey, can you take my beef, my bass clarinets and my baritone saxes to work on this? And I just can't, I just let them come use the stadium. So what I'm saying is it's a matter of, no, it has not changed. The culture can always evolve, but the standard of excellence that basically is based off of the principles, the philosophies, and the pedagogy, that should never be compromised. It should never be compromised uh, because it's injustice to the students when you do it that way. Um, and that's why you need to be able to, no matter what the stage is that's required, you need to be able to assimilate yourself. And one of the things I think that sometimes we get confused is, we put our egos into place and don't deal with, with our real deficiencies as a educator and what we don't know. And we try to suppress that instead of finding that person that has that skill set and maybe not, maybe not make it our strength, but at least bring it to where it's neutral so you can speak on it. So that way you can actually help train your kids because in, in the end, that's what it's all about is what we deliver to them to help build them up and help improve their skill sets. So it's, it's never going to change for me, man. That's, that's how I look at it. All right, cool, man. Um, man, I, I think all of these were some great responses. I really could go a little bit more into that, but we got guests coming in, so I want to make sure we get these guests in and let them say what they need to say, and and, and uh, we can go ahead and hear from them. So let's welcome Kenny to the show. Kenny, what's up, bro? Hey, no, Kenny, don't say a word. I got to – this brother, man, I got to give you all a story about this brother. Kenny, I reached out to you, bro. You marched blue coats, right? Did you march blue coats? Kenny, you you muted. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I got it. Yes, yes. I marched blue coats. I gotta tell y'all about this brother, cause this brother is actually look. He's looking confused. He's actually the reason why I marched drum corps. <laughs> and he doesn't he doesn't even know it and i reached out to you you and i prince matter of fact eric prince hooked us up like um connected us i'm the one that te yeah that texted you bro so Quan in 1998 bro i like look i'm getting emotional because this guy is the reason why i got into the activity and eric prince linked us up i have never bro in 1998, <laughs> bro, because this brother, this brother don't realize it, but he helped me have the life that I have, man. And I'm getting, I'm really like excited, man. Like in night, I haven't talked to him in 20 over 20 years. In 1998, man, was my second time ever seeing drum corps. 
me and my friend Calvin were we were aspiring trumpet players, and we were like, man, we going over to the bus after the show because the show was incredible, man. Like Kenny was on the sideline wailing, man. I was like, oh my god, bro, we going over to, to the buses. So we went over to the buses, and I had my mouthpiece with me. Kenny gave me a lesson in the parking lot. He let me play a soprano in the Blue Coats in 1998. Gave me a lesson in the parking lot, and I marched drum corps the next year because of that brother. So Kenny, you probably don't even remember that, bro, but you have had a huge effect on my life, man. And I, I thank Eric for linking us up uh, last year, but. Kudos to you, bro. Thank you, man, for that lesson in the parking lot and just being a good brother, man. Six man, words, baby. Six words. I, I appreciate it. Uh, it's good to actually get to meet you because I remember that uh, message on Facebook or whatever. And I I agree with, with what y'all saying. The standard of playing an instrument, no matter what it is, just can't change based on this, this, this the dropping standard of a culture that we have. Uh, I mean, think about it. I tell kids all the time, I feel sorry for them because they don't have music on the radio anymore. We're the last of the generations that heard live bands on the radio. Everything they have now is computer generated. So they don't know what it's like to have music. They don't even sing nursery rhymes like the idea of singing Three Blind Mice or One Little, Two Little, Three Little Indians is racist as that is. They, they, don't, they don't have a concept of just singing. And so we're trying to work with that. And what I refuse to do is I'm not going to drop that standard that made me be an educator myself to get to this kid. This kid, if he wants to be a music major, he needs to step up and he needs to do something different. But it's my job to move him to want to do what we do. But if that's not what he's trying to or she's trying to do, you know, hey, they got to go do something else. But I, I just have a high regard for what we do as music educators, and I can't drop that for nobody. Bet. Bet, man, that's, and that's 100%. I, I can't even argue with that. And I'm pretty sure, because I'm, I'm looking at everybody on the panel, and they just giving the nod, daddy. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure everybody agrees with it, man. Uh, any more thoughts that you got on anything else we've talked about? The, the, the other thing is, I don't know if you saw it in a chat that I put, uh, but I had a fine arts director, and I'm not going to call his name. He's in the Dallas area, though asked me if that was just not enough, enough black music majors because I pointed out to him the, the disparity of you can't find five head black band directors in DFW outside of inner city. Is We're bigger than Houston. Our, our Metroplex area is bigger than Houston and you can't find five black guys that run a band. That's a shame. I'm, I'm, so I'm going to just say this. I'm in the DFW area, and you ain't lying. That's all I'm gonna say. You ain't. Oh, lying. I, Julian, I know, I know where you are actually. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know where you are. Okay. Uh, yeah, you, you out, you down south, southwest. Okay. All right. Cool. Man, you so, so yeah, I know where you are, but but that's a shame. And so when I started. I applied to a specific school district for 12 years, and I have never yet got an interview. Now, I've won several marching band contests. We've won several jazz band contests around the state. I'm, uh, I'm a brass player, but I actually taught drumline for 10 years, won the NTA, NTCA championship with a drumline that never did it before, and yet I cannot get called for a job interview in the suburbs. 
And when the guy explained it to me what it is, he says that, hey, one of the things that they look for is people who have worked in high profile job situations like your Duncanvilles, your Coppells, your your Keller Centrals. And if if you don't have that on your resume, they don't want to look at you. Isn't that the definition of racism? You're the gatekeepers of all of those jobs and you're not letting black people in. them. So you're using a system to keep us out, no matter how qualified we may be. Hey, man, once again, if 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 I had them church chords on there, boy, I'd be playing, playing them for you right now because you are preaching right now. You know, uh, look, <laughs> I'm looking at Derek. Hello, somebody. Yes. I, hey, look, I there is not enough I could say about how truthful you are are really speaking right now, because, you know, I've, I've told my story many a times, but I have very similar stories, bro. So 100 uh, percent. I agree with you, man. You got it. You got to hit me up, man. Um, go if you if you go into um, the description, man. My uh, information is in there, man. Just just hit me up, bro. We got to link up, man. Since you since you know I at man, we got to talk. And then you got you got my best friend on here crying like, man, shoot, yeah, we got to talk. Hey, man, I'm just glad. You know what? He don't know how much he made my day when I found out that when he told me the story about that because I somewhat remember that after the show him coming by and like that was cool but i didn't realize that that had that effect on him until you know this is 20 years later and it's crazy and it's great oh i'm sorry it's crazy because at the time me and my friend calvin we when we came over blue coast was his favorite drum corps you know i i ended up marching cadets cadets were my favorite drum corps so i you know i went up going there but I ended up for the last nine years spending the last nine years with the Blue Coats, man. Now I moved on to accept, I accepted the caption head position. But to go from that dude is the reason why I marched drum corps to teaching in the corps he marched and winning, winning the corps' first world tra- championship, it meant something, bro. So, Kenny, man, you my guy, man. I thank you for that lesson, bro. And thank you for just being a good brother and looking out for a young brother that was looking for some guidance at the time, bro. Hey man, thank you for uh, thank you for even bringing it to my attention. There's there's nothing better for an educator of any kind than to have one of his students or somebody that he just was influential to come back and tell them that. So whether you believe it or not, I think you did more for me than I did for you. So, man, once again, man, uh, yeah, man, just get my information, man. We got to look hook up, man. Appreciate you, Kenny, man. We got to bring somebody else in, but I appreciate you, brother. Before we do that, can I I like to comment on that. I want to take that one step further, just in the sense of this past weekend, the US fans, there was something that an area of opportunity that I felt, and especially Brownie with you saying that I think we have to do more with what we have. So this past weekend I did see some of the DMs or some I want to call them category five, some of them, but they're not category five this season, but some of the drum majors from PV, I saw them actually interact, you know, with Cedar Hill. I would have liked to see so much more from that, whether it was band. Now I understand we're in a panini, a pandemic, a pandemonium, all of that. We, I understand that, you know, that has a bearing on things. However, it's those things that, that, Make, can make or break somebody's career, right? So we were talking about how we ended up in the situations that we did. I became a Black Fox because I had close interactions with Black Foxes and they made me want to aspire and they set, they, they locked that aspiration in. 
right? And so for you to say that this man took a simple five minutes, however long it was, to be able to be a personable, to be able to be a human being, a humble human being, and be able to reach one and actually pay it forward, that's big. And we have to continue to do that. And I think that that's part of the um, part of the solution of fixing this cyclical issue that we have, right? Who's to say that one conversation or seeing somebody in shoes that you're trying to level up to be able to say, hey, like, good job. Y'all did a good job. Or what are you working on? Um, what are your goals? What are your aspirations? What are your, what's your thought process? The moment that we become unteachable or the moment that we are unwilling to teach and inspire someone else is the, the the moment that we need to hang our hats up. And I think that's an issue as to why a lot of these band directors or band programs are failing because we don't have those persons who share that same willingness. So I would just like to say that that's definitely something that I would like to see and that is necessary and that we need to bring back. Even when it comes rival bands, it doesn't even matter. Just being able to open your mouth and show appreciation and to be able to hear and be a lending ear for someone else is could, could do so much. And yes, sister, we in a sandwich. We in a sandwich and a panini. It's crazy out here. <laughs> All right, yo. Yeah, that's definitely dope, man. And I definitely 100% agree. All right, let's welcome Bailey. Bailey. Yo. It's Big Tiga. Hey, what's going on, everybody, man? Uh, hey, once again, man, I'm enjoying the show every week. I'm here when I'm done kissing babies and stuff. You know, every week I'm here. I'm enjoying the show. Um, impactful show tonight. Uh, Quan, I was on the organ and E flat right behind you, bro. The whole night, you was you was giving them the word. You know what I mean? Um, first of all, uh, screw everybody um, and talk about what your qualifications are. Man, man, go sit in the corner and read your Bible or something. You know, just like go pray. Just just shut up somewhere. Like, geez, man. People just be in their feelings. Feelings with no fox. Just go be quiet. Feelings with no fox. I'm over them. I don't want to talk about them. Um, two things that I was thinking about as I was listening to the show tonight, man. Um education over accommodation that's the first point education over accommodation um we have become more like like we run in a hotel we ain't running a hotel this is this is not mcdonald's or burger king you can't have it your way here the standard is the standard it is what it is work your way up to the standard it's simple the second thing is um Rick said it. I think Quan said it. Oh, we doing a lot of students, a lot of injustice, man. A lot of students, a lot of injustice, especially at the collegiate level where they are not being prepared for what's out there. They are not. And Quan said, you got to build from scratch and you got to be able to articulate to your principal what you're doing. I'm building from scratch and you can't expect me to go perform for every Tom, Dick, and Harry that can talk you because you have a music teacher now. It's not going to happen. The middle school marching band thing, just atrocious. Um, the last thing I thought about was um, 
in terms of us doing students that is an injustice is the fact that we uh, have expectation without information. We have these grandiose expectations from people who, you know, maybe 21, 22, just coming out of college and have gotten no experience. And we want these big, we have these big plans for these people and we give them no information. Just being out here, man. Um, and of course, I'm not an American um, citizen, so I came from the Bahamas. And I, before I was into teaching, I was a traveling musician with military bands. I got to perform all over the place and travel for free. And uh, when I tell my story to these to my students, they're like, wow, we can do that? And I'm like, yeah. And there's no exposure for these people. Information, like, while you in your sophomore or junior year, you could be um, teaching out of school, getting paid maybe $25,000, $30,000 a year as a, as a, a paraprofessional. And you can be getting hours in your area of, um, sorry, in your degree area, getting paid, getting hours, so that when you come out of school and when you have your degree, not only do you have the experience, you have some years that you can put on paper, right? You know some stuff, and that increases how much money you could be making. Like, these are conversations that I never heard. This is information that nobody ever told me. I went out and found it for myself. But then again, when I was getting my degree, I was already in my 30s. So my drive was different than an 18, 19, 20-year-old. You know what I mean? And then after that, I went on to get my master's degree. So I understood networking because I had already worked as a professional, as a musician, playing and performing and doing all this stuff for years before I came back to school. But, man, we, we got to give information before we have the expectation and the second part of that is this and i want to be perfectly clear with this baby because i think you're absolutely right bro for all you young band directors out there or all you people that you know you have your favorite bands aspiring to have your band sound like southern is a great thing southern is a great band southern is one of the best bands in the country all right they are do I think that they're the best all the time? No, I do not. But that is a great aspiration because they are a great band. But before you can get your band out there blowing their face off, sounding bad in an attempt to sound like Southern, who doesn't sound like your band, they don't, sorry. The first thing your kids need to do is the fundamentals. Build the armature. Be able to keep the aperture in place. Be able to have a focused airstream to play one note in tune. We can get the two. Let's start with one. All right. That is how you make your band sound like Southern, not getting a bunch of babies in a room, telling them to blow as hard as they can. And whatever comes out, hey, man, y'all did it. No, those students at Southern are some of the most talented musicians in black college. I call Southern the Blue Devils of, of college band. They get more talent than all these schools. I mean, let's let's just be real. With the exception of maybe fam, they get more talent than everybody. So they are their students come in being able to do the things they ask them to do. You have to be focused and you have to be disciplined. Before you can get here, you can't put the cart before the horse. Before you get here, you have to make sure that you start here and do the process of getting there. And if we can just train these young band directors that, then I think we're going to be doing the culture 
a huge service, and you'll start to see a lot more great bands, man. So thanks, Bailey, man, because I think you you hit it right on the head, bro. Yes, Accidentally muted myself, but yeah, Bailey, man, appreciate you, bro. You know we always appreciate you. But one thing I'm gonna say to you, dog, if you don't change that battery in that goddamn <laughs> that goddamn old, uh, smoke alarm, if I hear that beat one more beep. <laughs> now see what I'm doing. What you don't understand is I'm practicing with a metronome. It's just very, very. There you different. go. <laughs> there you go. You better switch it up, man. I'm eating my chicken and counting my money. See. <laughs> All right, All right man. <laughs> All right, bro. All right, go. Yeah. All right, bro. Uh, everybody, let's go ahead and welcome Car to the panel. We going on, y'all. Car gonna be the the fan favorite, man. You gonna come up every week, man. You know, hey. Yes. <laughs> every week. Um, I mean, I love I love to hear y'all talk about everything because, like, once again, it's an education session for me. I'm not a band director. Everything like that. But the thing is, am I a lover of music? Absolutely. Um, and the thing is that, of course, you know, I know my I know a lot of aspects of music. But what I say, do I know all aspects? No. So this has been just as much, it's educational for me. But what I wanted to really talk about was like when it comes to the teaching, um, when it comes to the requirements for those who go ahead and they um, those teaching the people going through student teaching. Um, as you guys probably know, I am an administrator, you know, and so, and as you guys spoke about so eloquently that there's a lot of aspects to being a band director, to being an effective band director. Let's do that. That are not just, Hey, here's the music. Here's the parts because you have to learn how to build things. I mean, like you're going to have to deal with business. You're going to have to deal with education and things like that. Multiple facets. But a lot of people, they only learn that one thing. And then they think, hey, I got this degree. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get this job. And that's not true. You know, like, there's things that they need to learn. And that student teaching or that, yeah, that student teaching part, that's where they should be getting like a taste of a lot of those different things. And they're not. So I really think that during that student teaching, like there, it either needs to be restructured during that time or it needs to be lengthened you know, to provide that other, that other part to it. Because like, I, 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 sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, bro, I don't think it needs to be lengthened. I think the time is fine. One thing I did when I did my student teaching that I think would be beneficial to a lot of our young teachers is I purposely put myself at an excellent school, which was my middle school experience and a school that was struggling, struggling. And that was my high school experience. So I wanted both sides of it. Like Kwan said, everybody wants this program. Nobody wants these programs. And the one way down here that can barely keep the lights on, better yet, put a put a band on the field. So I made I made sure card that I got both experiences. Because ultimately you choose in Virginia, where I did my student teaching, you chose your experience. You reached out to the school. Uh, in your um, portfolio process and that and you chose the schools you want to go to. So I made that decision. So I think that's something that can come from the student themselves. Stop trying to aspire to here. You got to start somewhere. So yeah, go ahead, Brian. I mean to cut you off. Oh, no, 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 absolutely. I mean, like, I agree with you. Um, but one thing I'm going to say is that not everybody has that tenacity that you do. 
you know, like a lot of people, you know, they get that piece of paper and they're like, hey, let's go. I live in and I'm going to be I'm going to be I'm going to be real here. I live in the Dallas Metroplex area. I live in Louisville ISD. All right. And I actually um, it was it was very weird. There's a lot of students because I work at I work at University of North Texas. Um, and the thing is that I have a lot of students that um, that I've either taught in a drum and bugle corps or taught, you know, whatever private lessons or whatever else that are at and uh, that were at UNT and that are now these band directors. And they see me and they will not talk to me at all. They won't hire me for different things or whatever else because I am not, I don't fit within a certain construct. And that's, that's terrible. It really is. So that's kind of going to Quan's point before, you know, like when he was talking about, you know, hey, you have to go ahead pretty, pretty much fit this mold or whatever else. And even though like Quan has all these great attributes and these, if you want to look at a resume, you know, he has these different things. And then just not to get a call, you know, like, hey, you know, here you are, you know, like, let, let me go ahead and it, we're always talking about we want change or we want to go ahead and have a different aspect of learning, but not to go ahead and go, hey, you know what, like, okay, this person does have these other tools, other things that we do not have. Let's go ahead and hear what they have to say. It may not be what we desire, you know, or what I'm used to, whatever else, but the thing is maybe I need to be uncomfortable. And that once again is another learning aspect that people don't have, that you have to learn to be uncomfortable. And once again, if people don't have that flexibility that Rick, Quan, most likely Maya, and, you know, like do not have, then in truth, you know, that's to me, that's a band director that's going to be flying by the seat of its pants. It's going to be basically flying the plane and building it at the same time. To, to, to add to that, you know, we need to begin holding these fine arts directors accountable as well. Because one of one of the worst experiences that I've ever had. So I'm at this point in my career, I'm fully certified. I've built middle school uh, programs. I work with high schools, whatnot. I work with Drum and Bugle Corps uh, with Julian at Compass. And I was like, okay, I'm ready for this high school thing. I sat down, gave my um, resume uh, to the administration speaking to them, asking them questions, so forth and so on. While I'm interviewing, the fine arts director has already taken my resume, put it underneath his pile, already looking at the person that he wanted already because it was at a similar school, uh, you know, uh, where he graduated from as well. I'm getting questions like, so do you understand the UIL process? So do you understand like, you know, low key, like asking me these dumbass questions, like I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about. And while he's saying, I'm going to give you a call, I'm looking at him message on his iPad to the other administrators. Yeah, we're going to go with this person from this job already. Like I've ex I've experienced that. So we have to hold and the districts need to hold the fine arts directors accountable, especially to ensure that we have diversity within these schools and that they have people that look like them but may not come from that background one of my uh one of my mentors is eric Jimenez. i must say eric is a great band director and it seemed like he got the midas touch whatever he just turns into gold but 
he truly believes in including all of his students, ensuring that these kids get the best uh, uh, instruction possible. And we need more band directors like him, Rick, so forth and so on. But these fine arts directors, honestly, some of them, they are stuck in that good old boy system and they don't want to change either. But the other part of that, Quan, is this. And I know we got to go, June, but the other part, the, I think what you just said, Quan, is part A, part B of that same exact thing while holding the teachers and the uh, fine arts directors accountable. We also have to understand that the reason why a lot of these fine arts directors feel the way they feel is because if you got a bunch of people coming from a school and they have a whole line of unsuccessful programs, it becomes, they may not know about that school, but it becomes this school is putting out this product and this school is up here and putting out this type of product. So while, you know, what you said is absolutely true, we also must understand that these institutions need to be putting out qualified teachers that are doing great jobs because the people, like we said, paying it forward. There's a group of people coming behind you. And if you put a sour taste in these people's mouth, then that group of students who may be 10 times better than you are automatically grouped into that same category because you did a terrible job as a band director. It's not about you. It's about us. It's about improving the experience for all black people. This show is about black people. Sorry, y'all. It is. Everybody here is black. We want to push our culture forward. So it's not about you. And once we remember that, Quan, and get back to those old ways that we used to do things where we all cared about one another, then we're going to be in a better place, bro, for real. And I know we have more, but in, in, in the interview, he said that he was like, which school doesn't have a good finance program? He was like, I know it's one, one of them. It's either this one or that one. And I was like, well, it ain't mine. And But it just felt so uncomfortable to the point where it was like, bro, I, I know you're not hiring me. <laughs> man, um, first of all, uh, I just want to say, man, Kara, you're absolutely right. Um, and we definitely appreciate your voice, man. You, Like I said, you, 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 you need to try to be the first guest every time, man. You got to be the first one, the first voice we hear, bro. But nah, man, we we definitely appreciate what you're talking about and and, and what you're saying. Oh, let me guess, he needs to be the first because of that mess y'all share in common. I, I really wasn't, wasn't even awesome. I was, I was the fact that he, he's been regular every single time. He he's been consistent, so that's why I was saying. He's, but you know, and I realized, Carbon shirt on. Get out, car. Get out. Golly. <laughs> so much heat. So but nah, right. Kyle, we appreciate you, bro. <laughs> Most definitely. Most definitely. All right, well, I appreciate y'all. Even though that you know, even well, Rick made that off-color remark, and yeah. that off-color is purple. Yeah, hate, just hate, 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 yeah. hate, hate, hate. <laughs> it's all right though. All right, check y'all out. But all right, bro. Um, I will say this. Uh, just kind of going back on on what Carl was talking about, and and Quan, what you all were talking about. There's one person on this panel you know outside of the one person that's in the comment right comment section right now who knows my story and uh you know he knows every single one of them stories that i didn't had and some of them are very similar uh but you know i definitely will say that that he's absolutely right too uh rick is absolutely right as far as we also have to to change the product that we let out that definitely matters 
It 100% matters because people can get a sour taste in their mouth and they ain't going to want to taste that again. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's a, you know, that can be a whole completely different conversation, but uh, definitely, you know, like I said, he, he, Rick knows my story in and out. Uh, so, you know, he's heard me talk about some of those same things. Um, but real quick, I want to take time to, well, first of all, um, that was our last guest, but, uh, Hey Rick, do me a favor. Turn your head to the right real quick. Can you do it? <laughs> oh man i saw you hit it earlier and i was like man that looked like the obama daddy uh he clean though he clean it's clean he probably got that beijing on but it's clean though it clean but uh but yeah yes we can um <laughs> uh real quick though man i definitely want to send a big shout out to to miss parker man uh Love Miss Parker. Uh, I didn't want to do it through today. Mama, I, I, I wanted to do it live on on here because I wanted wanted her to know how much I appreciate her. So uh, we appreciate you, Miss Parker, for real, uh, and we definitely love you. And you you know, can you. It's okay for you to call her Mama. That's what we call her. You see, Tina put it in the comments. Hey, Mom, that's Mama. Uh, no, because my Mama ain't here. My Mama ain't here. My rookie Mama's in here. So. I got I got to keep it one hundred. You know what I'm saying? So Robin's my mama, so I I got to be real. You so know? your mama is in here. I didn't. Yeah, see that? I'm just saying I got to I got to show love to Miss Parker, but uh, you know, Robin is my mama. That's why she's the moderator because she in here running things. That's what I got to do. Uh, but I I know I sent you guys this message. I wanted to ask in the comment section, um. Because, you know, I, I really appreciate what we did and what we were able to do for the U.S. bands. And, all, yeah, she's my grandmama. What we were able to do at the U.S. bands uh, with the show up and show out on the hill. And one of the things that I wanted to ask, um, you know, our viewers and things like that. I know I asked you guys personally, would any of our viewers like to see us go live at the Boombox? I'm, I'm, I just wanted to know that if you want to see us go live at the boombox, like live 100% do a show from the boombox, just put a one in the comment section. Just put a one in the comment section if you want to see us go live. And I, I, I just want to sh just see this for a second. While we're waiting to see what's going to happen, I want to go ahead and do our normal thing that we always do. Um, I, I need to get a new one, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. All seasoning. We want to make sure that we show love to all seasons, a little love. Uh, we want to go ahead and make sure that you pick up that seasoning. You got some of the best seasoning out there, man, and, and it's definitely top-notch. And for what I know, it's all natural. All right, so he's using uh, natural ingredients. Uh, we just hooked up some lemon pepper cauliflower wings. Yes, I said it, cauliflower wings last night, but they was on the lemon pepper. No, was that last night? It was like before last. But anyway, he got that, that lemon, lemon trash. Don't be hating, man. Them cauliflower wings be hitting. Uh, but he, he, we used his lemon pepper last night, man. So, uh, definitely go ahead and pick up a little love all seasoning. Go ahead and look that up. Also exclusively HBCU, um, exclusively HBCU.com. You got a lot of good apparel over there. Uh, so you want to check that out. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they got Greek paraphernalia, they got, uh, university paraphernalia. So, uh, I want to make sure that, 
uh, we talk about that as well. All right. All right. Let me go back to the comments. <laughs> well, only if you say Southern wins. Uh, let's see. Come on, Derek. You you took too you too good of a band director to have us up here lying. No, it's playing. Um, but <laughs> but no, man. We ain't biased, Derek. If, if they win, we gonna give them the love. If not, sorry. All right. So this is this is this is what I'm looking at right now. I got a lot of ones in there. Um, I don't know. Quan, what what did you see? I, I want to make sure we all seeing the same thing. Quan, what'd you see? Did you go ahead? See what? The ones? Yeah. I can't see it from over here. Hold yes, on. Yes, the ones are in here. We're all seeing these. So what's three? Maybe? <laughs> yes, no, maybe. That's the <laughs> third know. option. Maybe. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Let me be honest. You actually paid attention to that. I did not. I that completely passed me and you know why that passed me i ain't want to look at that mess anyway uh so here we go so this is how we're gonna rock this man we definitely want to do this uh this is something that we've actually discussed and we've had the conversation about but uh i want you guys to to show us some love man uh we want to try to get to the boom box and we want you guys to help us out so if that's if that's the case got the paypal link in there go ahead and hit us with the paypal man Help us, man, whether it's $5, $4, $3, $2, $1, $10, $200. It don't matter what it is. You know what I'm saying? Let's go ahead and support us going to the boombox, man. I'm definitely 100% uh, down for doing that. But, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, we can all get there. Because guess what? You know, Rick is coming from Connecticut. Quan is coming from Houston. Maya, me and Maya are coming from Dallas. And we got to get Mario to come from out, uh, uh, New Jersey, man. So, you know, that's a heck of a feat to try to try get on the Hey, if Mario keep missing, if Mario keep missing these shows, I'm going to get him a Ken picture. And it's going to come across the screen. Where's Mario? Where's Mario? Miss another one. I guarantee you I have a next show. I promise you, Mario. I love you to death. But I'm going to find the worst picture of you. You're going to be with and it's gonna be where's Mario? Watch. 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 I'm, I'm a, 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 a screenshot. On the Facebook, right on the page. On the talk that talk page. That's gonna be your new circle, just like that. <laughs> but yeah, man, go ahead, guys. Hit that PayPal. It don't matter how many, how much you give, man, but just continue to support us. It's next weekend, it's November 13th. Man, yeah, man, we're coming from all over, man, and we're trying to be in the mix of everything. We don't want to just be up there recording. We want to give the live We need give the live thought process of what them dolls is talking about because Maya said they have left much to be desired this year. So she want we want to get her there live and in person. All right. Y'all stay setting me up for failure on here. But let me let me ask this. So I was reading through the comments. Mr. Scarfinger asked, or he said, or yeah, he said, um, wish I could have heard the last one. So it's the live footage that we did for last week. Is that still up on the YouTube channel? Is there somewhere that um, everyone can review that just so they can also get a sense of what to expect and what they would be expecting? Yeah, um, everything, everything stays up on, on YouTube. I don't take nothing down. I don't care if it's a good show, bad show, flaws and all. We going to. Because we're going to show the show. Yeah, if, if we have a bad show, I mean, we ain't had one yet, but I'm just saying, if okay. that ever happens, you know what I'm saying, which I seriously doubt, but if it ever happens, it ain't going nowhere. It's going to be up there. So all of our all of our content is on the uh, Real Talk That Talk page. 
Also, if you type in Real Talk That Talk on YouTube, the first thing that's going to come up is Passion Is. That is going to be the uh, that's the actual uh, network. You subscribe to that and you can get all of our stuff on there. And then also it says and share the link with everybody. That means share it with your cousin, your mama, and your auntie too. We'll take we'll take a couple of dollars. We'll take it. You know what I'm saying? We we trying to we trying to. We need that one thousand. That one thousand. Yeah. <laughs> hey y'all, this is who was snoring right here. Now he up. This is who was snoring. So it won't me. I ain't, I ain't breathing. I ain't breathing like this. He's still snoring a little bit from what I can hear. <laughs> I uh yeah, definitely. Uh I definitely remember you in there. Uh if you go back and watch the video, you'll hear some of the issues that we had because PV don't have no no windows that open in the press box. That's th that's still the weirdest thing to me, man. Me, me, Quan, and Maya was up there like, what kind of backwoods message? But you know, I was fine with it. They don't need none. That's a safety issue. No, nah, you tripping? I want to open that window. I want to open that window and, and better and open them speakers in the meantime. Between time, yeah, we ain't figured out how to do that yet. But it's all good, man. But yeah, uh, the PayPal link is in there. Once again, go ahead and. And, and drop some love on us. Also, please make sure you share it out. Uh, we're going to keep this thing running all the way up until, I want to say, Friday, Thursday, Friday-ish. So we're going to have it running from now until next show. We're going to put it in all of the videos uh, that I upload onto the show. So, um, you know, just be prepared for that. Anyway, uh, we got after party coming up. Anybody stand for that? I know Quan got to kind of got to get out of there. He, I mean, I'm you can. Stay. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. You can log in from your phone. Yeah, but I I don't be looking around. I'm gonna stay a little bit though. Okay. All right. We got the after party coming up. So if y'all want to stay around, hey, hold on, hold on. Did that man just say he don't be looking right? What you you trying to look sexy on the show? Nah, nah, I have no idea what you said because Rick still ain't turning his speaker down. I said I don't be looking. It don't be looking right now or sounding right in the call. So oh, I'm trying to focus. You're right. I feel you because you be having to you know pay attention to that road, but uh. But yeah, man, we're gonna have an after party coming up. So if y'all stick around for the after party, if y'all ever if y'all leave after the after party, we have all kind of conversations. So it don't it's not necessarily geared to band, but we always want to be respectful of everybody's time. We didn't already went two hours and 13 minutes. So you know, if you gotta go, then you gotta go. But I always want to be respectful of everybody's time. So before we get out of here and shut it down before we get to that after party, boom, boom, boom. Quan, you got any final things you want to say, want to say? Any final thoughts? Nah. Uh, just keep supporting the show, man. Keep supporting black businesses. All right, bet. Oh, dang it! I got to do it right every time. I can't. I can't. I can't stop the the way we do it. What's good, Ma? All right, my. <laughs> what's your final thoughts? <laughs> I mean, another great show. We're this much closer to to, to meeting our goals. Uh, the impact is definitely here every week. I see new faces, new comments. So we just got to keep doing what we're doing. Put your money where your mouth is. What do I always say? Alumni associations, whatever you can do to reach out, to be an ear for somebody, a shoulder, whatever we can do to, to press the culture forward. I agree. There we go. Uh, and Rick, any final thoughts? Anything for the co-host? Uh, hey, man, yeah. Um, the, after the event this weekend, y'all, thank you for supporting these kids, man, because it's not like I keep saying this whole episode. It ain't about us. 
It's about the generations that's coming behind us. Quan said he has children. We want Quan's children to get a quality music education when they go to school and have opportunities that we didn't have. So continue hey, hey. to support. Quan, I want to catch you. Your own Quan is the one that made the comment. Everybody know you got children. It ain't no secret. <laughs> anyway, my, my babies. I love my babies. Uh, also, um, I'm going to do something a little different this week, man. Obviously, y'all know I want to, Maya, she already said it. Support Black, man. We all about that. I want to throw y'all some new music that's coming out. Y'all want some bangers to listen to this week, man. You know, it ties into what we do. Uh, Moonchild. Uh, if you've never heard Moonchild before, Moonchild has a, a dope album that's about to drop pretty soon. And Terrace Martin is dropping, finally dropping that Drones album on Friday. If y'all want some good music to listen to this weekend, check out those, those groups, man. That Terrace Martin album and that Moonchild album have some crazy features on them. Uh, and they have really good music. And check out their old stuff, too. Uh, Molly Music and um, Jonathan McReynolds uh, have a live album. Go check that out. That's a good one, too. So cool, man. I'm going to drop y'all some awesome music every week. I got a lot. So we'll, we'll get on this listening uh, journey together. Yeah, I'm yeah, definitely def uh say this. Rick definitely has one heck of a catalog. Uh he puts me on to a lot of stuff uh that I had absolutely no idea about or I just wasn't even thinking about. So uh maybe hey man, maybe we should just make that a segment for you, bro. Uh but we'll, we we could talk about it, man. We got some cuz like I said, we got a lot of stuff in in the works uh that I I really am, am am ready to get out, but it's all good. Um so with that being said though, I do want to go ahead and give my final thoughts, man. I just want to say I appreciate everybody for continuing to rock with us, man. I appreciate everybody who's continued to subscribe. Every time I look at the analytics, man, the numbers are going up and I appreciate you guys. You all are getting the word out. I truly believe that this is one of the best shows, if not the best show, where we talk about band music education, HBCU band culture and more, man. So I appreciate you guys, man. So continue to get the word out, continue to spread the word because we're going to continue to do what we do here man and that's going to be touching people's lives and hopefully pushing the culture forward and changing the culture as we go all right i appreciate you guys man you guys are awesome uh by the way man I, I meant to say this uh my lb who also makes the all seasoning is the same person who makes all my tracks man so i appreciate my lb man my lb's dope that's don't leave stay on talk to us come talk to us according to according to rick everybody needs to stay and talk to us. We're gonna have some fun at the after party. I'm gonna go get a sip sip. You're gonna see my camera come off. You're gonna see me come back with a drink. And I gotta eat too, because my ate while the show was going on. I'm gonna eat after the show. So, she drank eight and she was just reading the book. She read a novel on here too. Everything. <laughs> Listen, we at home. I'm, I'm with my people. I'm with my family, might as well. You ain't at home, home in Dallas. Anyway, let me get out of here, man. I'm, I'm gonna holler at you guys. If you're staying around for the after party, just give us about maybe 30 seconds and we'll get you right back. All right. Appreciate y'all. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in to Talk That Talk. Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.